Welcome to Right Now Workshop Podcast, where you can write a book and change the world. I'm your host, Kitty Buholtz, and this is episode 174, Do 1% Better This Year, coming to you on Thursday, January 9th, 2020. It is the first full work week of the year. It's actually not even entirely a full work week here in Sweden because we had Monday off for Epiphany Day. So on Tuesday, I was like, woohoo, let's start everything that I want to do. Take one moment and imagine where this story is going. Woohoo, <laughs> let's start everything I want to do today. So on Tuesday, I started the first day of working with a personal trainer. And it was not the Monday workout. So the Tuesday and the Thursday workouts are a little bit harder because I'm not only strength training, but I'm also running. So the very first thing I did after a month of eating and a month prior to that of being sick with bronchitis, so after two months of virtual inactivity, except for moving my mouth to eat and talk, (laughs) I went to the gym and worked out really hard and thought I was going to die and wanted to quit. And nonetheless, (laughs) I got back to my office and said, okay, let's work. By two o'clock, I was like, I can't move. I can't think. So I tried to take a nap thinking, well, this will make me feel better. And it did sort of. Um, I think I laid down for 30 to 40 minutes, but I never actually could fall asleep because as exhausted as I was, my brain was still on, woohoo, let's do all these things this week starting today. So I had... And the thing is, is that I even had, you know, just the top three things that I really want to accomplish today. Um, And then everything else, you know, the other 200 things. And still, Tuesday, I was like, okay, it's all right. Just give yourself a little bit of grace. Tomorrow will be better. (laughs) Knowing that by Wednesday, all the muscles that I worked hard on Tuesday were going to really start hurting. And then Wednesday was a different workout. So I did upper body on Tuesday. Wednesday, I did lower body. So then my legs wouldn't work, but at least I figured, you know, but at least I'll be able to move my arms and, for instance, wash my hair, which I barely could do on Tuesday because I couldn't get my arms, like, up to the top of my head. Oh, my gosh, my arms still hurt. Well, my arms still hurt because today is Thursday. Yes, I'm a little bit late with the the podcast only because I'm so exhausted. (laughs) So this morning... On the day that you're listening to this, this morning, I went to the gym and did the really hard workout again, which is upper body plus a run. And uh, again, really wanted to quit, but kept picturing my friend is a personal trainer. And so he's helping me out, but um, but I'm, I'm not hiring him. I can't hire him because we don't go to the same gym. So um, he's helping me out as a friend and I'm doing some friendly things for him. But one of the things that he said when we talked was... I will help you if you promise to do everything I say. And I'm thinking, hmm, this guy is a former military man and he's in his 30s. He's in the best shape of his life. He, you know, obviously he works out all the time. He works at a gym. And I'm thinking, oh, am I really going to do everything? Am I going to promise to do everything that he says? And I'm thinking, hmm. I really want to run my fastest half marathon this year. I really do. And I just want to be in good shape. I want to be in good shape for my health. And because um, your mental health is generally improved when your physical health is good. So uh, this morning I was like, I'm not going to quit. I told told Joe I would do everything he said. (laughs) Not doing it very well. 
I'll work up to doing it well, but at least I'm doing it. So today I figured the best that I can do is get this podcast episode out and um, and shower. So I did two things now today. I've gone to the gym and I've showered. Yeah, yeah. But yesterday, so on day two, near the end of day two, uh, second day of having to take a nap as well, though yesterday I did actually fall asleep, I'm pretty sure, because it was about an hour before I was like, I need to get up and do more work. But yesterday I was like, okay, that's all right. I hadn't thought through enough uh, how my multiple plans would interact with each other. So I will give myself some grace on some of the work things that I was going to do this week. After all, it is the first work week of the month. And the last two months I have done not a ton, mostly because I was sick for five and a half weeks and was barely hanging on to the the minimal amount of work that had to be done. And then um, December, you know, it was just, it was one of the best Decembers I've had in years and years because I relaxed, I saw friends, I baked, it was wonderful. Um didn't do a ton of work, you know, tried to catch up a little bit on some things that hadn't gotten done in November, but um, wasn't really thinking of it too much as a big work period, um, mostly because I've been trying really hard to convince myself that 11 and a half months uh, is really how much time at the most that I need to spend working my butt off, you know, multiple long hours and whatever, because um Other people get two weeks off at Christmas or one week off. And I was like, I am taking time off because I need it for mental health as well as everything else. So after all this time, I figured, you know, it's unreasonable for me now that I've thought about it. And now that I'm not doing what I thought I'd be able to do, it's unreasonable for me to have thought that I could just like jump back in and be right at 110%. So I decided I was going to give myself some grace this week. Um, I will start my new book next week on Monday. Hopefully I will have gotten used to all the physical exercise and actually have more energy rather than less. Um, And uh, in the meantime, you can't see it, but my office is a disaster because I found four more boxes of things that um, technically need to go into my office. And I'm like, hmm, not 100% sure where I'm going to put these things. And in fact, um, I think I'm going to end up with a box of books. I think I told you before, I think I told you sometime in the last couple of weeks, one of my goals for 2020 is going to be to get rid of one book per week um, on average so that by the end of the year, I have 52 fewer books, which is good because there's got to be 100 books piled in, in piles at my feet right now. <laughs> Again, if you could see it. So, um, you know, because there's always, there's eventually going to be a time when you bought some books at the library sale. Mm, that's me. <laughs> Go there all the time. Um, that you have every intention of reading, but when it comes down to it, life is short. There are more books than you could possibly read in your lifetime. And I have to prioritize the books I most want to read. And there's going to be books that, yeah, I'd like to read them, but not as much as I want to read these other books, in which case really... I'm probably never going to read them. So um, so I'm going to make a box. This is a little bit hard, but I'm determined to try to make my life more organized and um, 
add to kind of like that settled, relaxed, peaceful feeling in my life. Um, and one of the th ways I'm going to do that is to start getting rid of books. So I will give them away or I will keep a box um, of, because uh, I have a lot of books that are new or nearly new. And by that, I mean, um, either I was giving to them, given them at a writer's conference and haven't gotten around to reading them yet, even though I mean to, um, or they're old books of mine. Um, I have multiple copies of two different anthologies that I have stories in that um, the idea is to sell them. But at this point, I'm just like, I just want to just want to get rid of them because <laughs> I just have too many piles of things in my office. So all of these things kind of coming around in a circle to show you the multiple aspects of my life in the last uh, two and a half days of my of my first week of the year that there are always room there's there's always room and there are always times when you need to just ask yourself do I need to renegotiate uh, what I'm doing today or this week or this year or whatever so lots of people are talking about new year's resolutions I have a class on time management which I'm going to talk about um, some of the things that I teach in that class later in this episode but I think it's really important especially as someone who is now mostly come out of a very, very bad period of burnout. Um, and that now my new goal is to make sure that I don't accidentally encourage you with all of my wonderful time management techniques on how to make 24 and a half hours out of a 24 hour day, that I don't accidentally push you into a position where you're on the path to burnout and maybe don't even know it. So all those things in mind, this is my encouragement to you to say, if you need to, Stop and reevaluate. If things are like, oh, that probably was too many things for me to be able to do the first week or this week or this month or whatever it is that's on your schedule, give yourself some grace and ask yourself, what's the way that I can be successful? One way is to uh, negotiate and put these things onto next week and these things that I was going to do on the weekend onto this week. So for instance, um, I... Uh, I will need a little bit of muscles to be working when I uh, rearrange my office and do some things with books and unpack boxes, but I don't actually need my brain to be working very well. And my brain is, um, is still panting from, oh my gosh, why are we doing this whole working out thing? So my brain is, is, um, is not doing great on the creative bit right now. So I thought, I will spend Thursday and Friday cleaning my office, putting away these boxes, um, figuring out which of these books are probably going to be in the box of books that I'm going to get rid of. If I don't read them in the next couple of weeks or couple of months, then, and I've had them for years, then I just need to move on because there are, there are more great books coming out every month. And I keep hearing about more great books that are already out that I didn't know about. Um, oh, yeah. And when I compare, I have to choose the books that I'm most going to enjoy. So yeah, it's obviously you can tell it's difficult for me to get rid of books, but I'm going to do it. Um, and I'm going to not do less writing. What I'm going to do is I'm going to take the time that I was going to later clean my office. I'm going to clean my office now when I'm tired. And then I'll have the time that I would have been much more fresh and cleaning my office, which is not necessarily the best use of, you know, a fresh brain. And instead, I'll use that fresh brain period for writing. Another thing that I've been thinking about this week is I like the idea 
of writing every morning and getting two or three hours of work done and then, you know, some more work done later in the afternoon or evening or weekend or whatever. But um, I am really, and you know, I'm, I'm a crazy person for neuroscience. I am more a person of projects and blocks than, I don't know, I don't know how to say it. Not than I realize, because I do realize it. But like, it's really a thing for me. My best work is when I do one thing for three or four hours. Now, that works out lots of times in the kind of business that I have and even the kind of, you know, job that I had last year. The point is to be doing the, these one or two things and spend all day doing them. But um, I think that I am not able to turn my brain off of marketing and organizing and all that left brain stuff. I don't know. My left brain is really hard to turn off. Granted, my right brain can be hard to turn off too. And my husband will say, okay, dial back into this world. I don't know what you're thinking about, but it's obviously some fictional thing because you're obviously not really with us here. (laughs) So yes, that's hard to turn off. But uh, but it's frustrating for me. I don't know if you just heard that, but that was a stack of books falling over behind me because I accidentally moved one inch too far. Uh, yeah, really need to take care of this office. Um, but uh, I find it difficult to go from left brain to right brain um, with any kind of efficiency. Now, I'm reading some books on habit. I love neuroscience. And these habit books have been taking tons of neuroscience stuff, um, making it interesting. So I'm just telling you, these books are interesting. They're not sciencey exactly. They just have a lot of interesting science stuff told in the form of a story. I just want you to feel like, okay, well, maybe that would be a book that I would be interested in. So I'm reading Atomic Habits by James Clear and The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg. They're both different. They're, they're just in different ways. But they're both talking about how habit works and how you can make habit work for you. So for instance, one of the things I've been thinking about this week is that part of a habit, the very first part of a habit, is the trigger. What is the thing that makes you um, start the habit? So for instance, at night, I start feeling a little sleepy, and I'm like, oh, I should go brush my teeth, go to the bathroom, and get all my stuff out for tomorrow. So right now, that means getting out <laughs> my, my fresh set of gym clothes for tomorrow. And then I'm like, oh, okay, well, now that I'm getting out my fresh set of gym clothes for tomorrow, let's just make sure that I have my whole gym bag packed because I unpack it every day because I hate the idea of a smelly gym bag. So I put my, um, my gym shoes back into it. Um, here, I don't know if this is true in other places, but I haven't belonged to a gym before where you can't um, wear your street shoes. So even if you wear sneakers on an everyday basis, you can't wear them into the gym and around the gym because they don't want all the dirt and scratching the floor. And it's just also gross to have all the dirt in there. <laughs> but um, anyway, so depending on what I'm going to do the next day, I just have my regular gym shoes or my running shoes and then my bottle of water. And then I put the house keys. Recently, I've been putting my wallet in my backpack, like just in case I'm at the gym and I'm really tired because I've worked out really hard. And what I really need is a something or other from the grocery store. <laughs> I mean, I haven't actually done it, but just in case I really feel the need to stop at the grocery store for something on the way back from the gym, I've been putting my wallet in my bag and then my phone, my earphones, 
Um, my iPod for music. Yes, my old iPod still works. Yay. Thank you, God. Um, and oh my gosh, the first day I forgot this stupid thing with the I love all my Apple products, but some of the things that they decide to do are really stupid and do not fit at all the way that I do things. So um, I have to remember the stupid dongle that you need in order to plug in your headphones to your iPhone. Ugh. And I didn't have it on Tuesday, so I just had to um, listen to whatever. Um, which, you know, gym music isn't always your kind of music. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it isn't. Anyway, so... I went from the trigger of being tired to, oh, I should brush my teeth and get ready for bed to, oh yeah, one of the things that I do when I brush my teeth and get ready for bed is put out my stuff for tomorrow. So let's think about all the things that I need tomorrow and I, and I pack my bag. And then for the most part, I can go to bed and everything's done for the night. Those are my things. Um, and I get out some, you know, melatonin and stuff um, so that I can hopefully sleep though. If you're wondering, why is she kind of winding around? Okay, I also woke up at 2 o'clock this morning. My brain, for some reason, decided to say, all right, you've had four and a half hours of sleep. That's more than enough. You should wake up now. And I literally thought it was time to get up because I was that awake. I'm like, oh, I should look at my phone and see what time it is. It's probably like at least 5 or 5.30 and my alarm's going off at 6. So I could just get up and go to the gym 15 minutes early or whatever. Yeah, no, it was 2 o'clock. Oh, my gosh. So all of these things coming together for me to be not quite as awake as I feel I need to be in order to focus on nice, good, fun, creative time. So reading these two habit books, thinking about the habits that I have and thinking, mm, one of the problems with my writing right now, and the problem is, is actually probably at least two years old from the last time that I was writing every day. Um, I don't have a specific trigger. I don't have that, oh, it's, um, I'm getting sleepy, it's time to get ready for bed, which leads to like 16 things that I do, but I do them without really thinking because now they're things that I do all the time. And they had a trigger, which just kind of gives you this automated response. It's like signing up for a newsletter list and getting those automated emails. I know you know what I'm talking about because this is what we do as independent writers, right? Okay, so I need to find a trigger that's like, oh, this is happening. That means it's time to go right. And anything that has already engaged my left brain kind of is canceling out any ideas of triggers for right brain activity that I had. So I'm mentioning this in case you're wondering, what's wrong with me? Why can't I get myself to sit down to write? Okay, you need a trigger, a thing that makes you go, oh, right. And, um, and it may be something that you have to think about at first for a while. I mean, <laughs> I used to always just brush my teeth and never floss. I was like, mm, I mean, it was never a habit that I was really forced into as a kid. Nothing that I had any reason to feel like I needed to go into as an adult because I had like, I think from the time, I think the first 25 or 30 years of my life, I probably had one cavity. So it just wasn't a thing. And then <laughs> here's the trigger. I was with my friend Mel and she's like, oh my gosh, I just came back from the dentist. She'll never believe this. I have 13 cavities. And she was flipping out as would anyone. <laughs> and she said her dentist told her that she needed to floss every day and that it was a big deal and she needed to do it. And I was like, holy cow, it's that big of a deal. <laughs> I'm going to do it because I don't want to one day go to the dentist and go from, you know, one cal cavity to 13 cavities. So that was like a huge sort of, oh, moment. And it was definitely a trigger since then, which has got to be 
eight, eight years. It's got to be at least eight years ago. Um, I have probably not flossed at night less easily less than a dozen times, maybe less than a half a dozen times. And I think only one or two times was not having to do with the fact that I was on an intercontinental flight for 15 hours. <laughs> so, wow, that's a trigger, right? So then that automatically got added to my nighttime brush my teeth then floss. Okay. How can we do that with writing if one of our issues is how can I get myself to sit down and put my butt in the chair? I don't have an answer right now, but that's what I'm going to be thinking about. And if this is one of your issues that you've had for 2019 and or before, then what you need to ask yourself is what can be the trigger? What can be the thing that when I do this, it means that I'm going to sit down? I am not sure what I'm going to do, but I'm kicking around the idea of instead of trying to do two hours of writing five days a week, two or three, that I might do two days of writing all day and not doing anything else, not working on the podcast, which will be a little bit hard because it means not interviewing anybody. And because I live in Sweden, I'm mostly interviewing people at night. Well, I guess would be a long day, but I could write for six or eight hours during the day and then it would be time to interview someone. So now that I'm thinking about it, talking to you, I'm like, okay, that could work. But I'm thinking I might actually get more writing done if I worked for two full days instead of two or three hours every day. When I think I might try that next week. Yeah, because here's what I want to, this is, this is my take. You've probably heard a thousand, maybe not a thousand, a hundred, a dozen people talking about time management, New Year's resolutions, goals, goal setting, project management. And so I just want to give you another way of looking at it, which is A, habits, and I'm going to come back to these two books in a second, and B, um, rearranging things and trying new, th new ways to see what works. If something works, for heaven's sake, stick to it. <laughs> but if it's not working, like why keep forcing yourself? And so... I have to say that me writing every day for just a couple of hours has never, ever been a good habit for me. I mean, it's not something that I found easy to stick to, and it's not something that I found incredibly productive. Um, I've always been far, far more productive if I take, um, you know, three to seven days which has often been going away on a writer's retreat, but I've also made it work at home. Three to seven days where I block off time in the calendar as if I'm on vacation out of town or whatever, or, or I actually am at a writer's retreat, and all I do is write. And I really don't answer email, and I really don't do anything except for some exercise. You know, it's not even necessarily always going to the gym, but sometimes just during that period of time, I'm just stretching and stuff. It's a matter of sleeping and writing. That's kind of it. <laughs> so, um, so I am going to take the, take the things that have worked for me in the past and try to organize them into, um, like a scheduled way that I'm going to do things this year. So think about that. What are the things that have worked for you in the past? And what are the things that have not worked for you in the past? So for me, writing trigger, don't really have one, need to find one. And um, writing a little bit every day versus writing all day for two or three days. I probably couldn't do three days unless um, I add the weekend. But now I'm just like talking out loud with you, just trying to think it through. Um, anyway, if I worked the same amount of time in two days, I would probably get way more done 
according to my past experience. Okay, so that's one set of things for you to think about. There's like four parts to it or something, but that's one set. So now, going back to these books, Atomic Habits, James Clear, the author, talks in the beginning. And um, go ahead and download the Kindle sample to Atomic Habits because I have a feeling that you will be like me. By the time you get to the end of the example, like today, I'm headed over to the bookstore to order a copy in English because I'm like, this book is awesome and I must own it. And um, books like this, I like to highlight and mark up and... Uh, turn down the pages and add sticky notes and stuff. So I'm buying this one in um, an actual paper. But in the Kindle sample, so in the first part of the book, he talks about what happens if you improve by 1%. First of all, 1% improvement to me does not sound at all daunting. That does not sound scary. Improving by 10% sounds a little bit scary to me. Improving by 50% sounds like, okay, I can make that a goal. I have no idea how it could possibly do it. And so when I talk about improvements, it could be anything. You know, when people talk about I'm going to make my um, monetary goal, my income goal to be a 50% increase, like I'm assuming that they have some sort of system that they're going to follow to make that happen. But in my life, I'm like, how like, what would I do to increase my income 50% in one year? I don't know. I'm going to come back to that in one second. But a 1% increase. So if you ever went to business school, there's a, um, what would it be called? A theory, a principle called Kaizen. It's a Japanese word that means continuous improvement or the art of continuous improvement. And the first time I heard of this, I was maybe... 18 to 20, and I fell in love with it. I loved the idea of continuous improvement. I loved the idea of calling it the art of continuous improvement. Like, hmm, this is something I really have to think about and I could be creative with. And then I'm like, hmm, how could I creatively find a way to improve some portion of my life 1%? And James says, if you improved 1% per day for a year, you would do 37 times better at the end of the year than you did at the beginning of the year. And I'm just like, what? What? But then that sounds daunting. And I think, oh, well, I couldn't possibly improve 1% every day for a whole year. So then this morning I was thinking about it again. I'm like, you know what, though? Maybe you could. The whole point is, is that a 1% improvement is very small, like almost not noticeable. But if you did this small, not scary amount of improvement every day and it built on itself, I mean, imagine if you did just even 10 times better at the end of the year than you did at the beginning of the year. That's amazing. So give that some thought. 1% improvement. The Art of Continuous Improvement. I love this. I'm totally going to be thinking about it. I'm going to go um, just like wait impatiently for the bookstore to deliver my book. I imagine it'll take a week or two for me to get it and so I can read more. I want to know more about it. And part of the other thing that James talks about is systems, systems and processes. So saying I'm going to do this and this is my goal and I'm going to write three books this year and uh, host two online classes and a writer's conference and I'm going to run a half marathon and like that's all fine but what is your system or process for making these things happen 
Well, anytime that you can build a habit, you're able to kind of relegate some of your tasks to a portion of your brain that doesn't have to think as hard. You know what I mean? It's a habit. You really aren't thinking about it too much. Uh, The worst thing for me when I'm brushing my teeth is if I allow myself to start thinking about other things besides brushing my teeth, I realize that I have been brushing the same set of teeth for like a minute. (laughs) I have to be thinking there's a there's a little setting on the electric toothbrush that it's 30 seconds per quadrant of your mouth and I have to make sure that I get all the teeth in that quadrant and not just a few of them because my mind goes off and I'm like oh wait I didn't brush the other side of my teeth in the last 30 seconds and I have to come back and do it again. Um, So if you can get some of the things that you do to be habits by virtue of creating a system or a process by which you are just doing this thing, there's this trigger, which leads you to do this habit, and then you move on and do other things. And then there's habit stacking, which is like my nighttime routine. I start to get sleepy, that's the trigger. So I go to the bathroom and brush my teeth, floss my teeth, and then I always, I don't know, there's something about toothpaste, I always need to put chapstick on after I brush my teeth. And then I'm like, oh yeah, and I wanna put hand lotion on so that soaks in all night, and makes my hands not feel so dry. Okay, and then, oh yeah, the other thing I have to do is get out all my gym clothes. Oh yeah, that means that I need to fill up my water bottle and get like the whole bag of stuff ready. And then, okay, I'm on my way to bed, so I just need to get out my melatonin, make sure my water bottle on the side of my bed is full, make sure my glasses and my Kindle are there, because I pretty much almost always have to read myself to sleep to get my left brain to turn off. And all those things are stacks of habits. You see what I mean? It's totally cool, right? Okay, so then while we're talking about time and project management, goals for the new year, goal setting, how are we going to accomplish things, how can we get done either more or better than what we did last year, a lot of it is going to come down to what are the kinds of systems that we're using, what are the processes that we've been following or creating, are they working? If they're not working, that's what we need to change. So my system for getting my writing done is not much of a system. It's putting it on the list of things to do and then not really getting it done. (laughs) Now, granted, this week I've also been tired, but putting um, number one thing to do, you know, write for two hours. For, For other people who have a habit already developed, it's probably not that difficult a thing to do. But I don't actually have any habit or system or process that gets me from the gym to the shower to breakfast to writing because that's what I'm going to need to do. But the gym, the shower, and breakfast are or are in part habits or um, systems, stacks. Each one is is a item on my mental to-do list, but each one requires several parts, you know, in addition to taking a shower, that means I have to do my hair afterwards so that I look sort of okay, you know, if I'm going out or doing a podcast like this, because I have the YouTube version, Um, it means, you know, finding the clean clothes that I want for today, which to me always means what's the weather and do I have to go outside or can I just wear like my favorite grungy (laughs) t-shirt? So each one of those individual things, go to the gym, take a shower, eat breakfast, has a few pieces to it. So each one of them are three habits stacked on top of each other that have small little systems built into them. If I can just get the breakfast system 
to give me a trigger, and I'll think of something um, that works for me. <laughs> You'll think of something that works for you, uh, depending on what time of the day, et cetera, that you're doing your writing, um, that will be the trigger to this is, this is the one I sit down to write. And I suspect, based on my great success with doing um, long periods of writing successfully in the past, that probably what's going to happen is I'll t take two days next week, and that will be all day writing, nothing else going on, which means the day before I will have organized everything off so that I don't really have to check email. I don't have to go out to the grocery store. I don't have to run errands. At the most, I would have to interview someone in the evening for the podcast. And then the trigger will be today is a writing day. I go to the gym, take a shower, eat breakfast, woohoo, writing day. Because in my mind, I'll have that writer's retreat mentality all set. See, so that I think will work for me. Thank you for listening because this is helpful. I'm already coming up with my systems. I wish I could help you brainstorm your systems. So what is it that is the thing that you'll do before you sit down to write? If you figure out how to make the end of that habit into a trigger for your writing habit, it'll help you to get at least your butt in the chair, as we say. Okay, so systems and processes. Those are the things that I really wanted to talk to you about. What worked last year? What didn't work last year? If it didn't work, and for me, trying to do, you know, even 30 minutes of writing every single day, it's just, it's not something that has worked for me ever in the past. Um, and, and I may try it again, but right this second, I'm like, okay, it's never worked and it's not working right now. So let's go back to the thing that does work for me. Okay, so how, how is that for you? What is that for you? And then also make plans that can be flexible. So for instance, I knew that um, part of my work week was going to be stuff that I consider work, real work. <laughs> and part of my work week, which would include evenings and weekends, was going to be stuff that is work. It's just not, you know, fun, interesting work, which is unpacking boxes, figuring out where things go, um, making a pile of things that need to be given away or a box, I think, of things that need to be given away, um, stuff like that. My, my office needs to be a little bit more organized. My whiteboard would probably do me better on the wall rather than on uh, sitting against the floor, though I can, I can reach it pretty well here. But at some point, um, it's just going to knock other things over, like the stacks of books. Stacks of books need to move so I can actually move my chair around and use my desk properly. Um, yeah, so there are things here that need to be done. So I can take the writing time that I had scheduled for this week and the organize everything that I had scheduled for the weekend. By the way, on the weekend, Saturday and Sunday, I don't go to the gym. My guess is I will have a lot more creative energy on Saturday and Sunday. So I'm going to move those things. I'm just going to swap them because my, my schedule is flex flexible enough that I can do that. And if you think of what you're scheduling as being, um, this is flexible, this is not, this is flexible, this is not, then there are things that you can swap with with other things. So for instance, um, if you have a job outside of your, your home, um, probably not as flexible. Some jobs are. Um, the time of day that you pick up your kids from school, probably not that flexible. But uh, what you do while you're waiting for, you know, a child who's in sports or something, or um, when you decide to do your grocery shopping, these things, you know, could definitely be flexible. There's no reason why not, right? 
All right. Those are the big things that I wanted you to talk about, uh, that I wanted to talk to you about. Um, then when it comes to like the things that I talk about in my class, and I'm, I'm making some changes to the class, I'm going to be um, creating the lesson, I'm going to be recreating, rewriting the lessons just a little bit differently to include uh, some of these things having to do with habits, processes, and systems, um, the 1% improvement, which I think is awesome because it's not scary, and yet it's, it's you trying to do just a little bit better today, and today, and today, and today, so that every day. <laughs> um, I also am going to make some changes so that I am not teaching you how to run yourself so hard that you get tons done, but then two years later, you're burned out and you're not working for a year, which is what happened to me. Um, and also this class hasn't had videos before. I always like had it in my mind that I would do videos, but then I had this very perfectionistic attitude about it. Well, I'll only do the videos perfectly. And if they're not perfect, if there's anything at all, you know, not perfect about them, then I'm not going to use them. So I've actually created several videos and never put them up on the class because I was like, oh, this is, this is, uh, it just needs to be redone one more time. Okay. I'm not doing that anymore because that is also not necessarily, uh, I can't think of a good reason why that is something that I would want you to emulate, to think, oh, that's, that's, that's good. The way Kitty does things, make it perfect or don't do it at all. Um, Yeah. That, I don't think that that is um, the best way to run the majority of life. Obviously, there are some things like a computer program. If it's not perfect, it doesn't work. <laughs> uh, but most things in life, they can be, you know, fine. For instance, uh, I had no bookcases or walls, uh, just white walls. I had white walls behind me when I did a video last January. And, um, and I was looking at the video going, it looks like you're in it in an asylum or something. It's just all white. You almost couldn't even tell because of, um, well, I must have had good lighting at least because you almost couldn't even tell that it was a room for sure because you couldn't see the um, the seam, you know, where one wall, not the other wall. Um, but this year I at least have bookcases and then for a while I had no books in them and now I have books in them, but you can tell if you look behind me on the YouTube video, they're not all entirely organized yet. <laughs> Um, and I just told you I have four or five, something like that, stacks of books on the, on the floor. Um, so 1% improvement. This is something that is not scary and will actually make a difference. Now that we are thinking about these things, the things that are already in the class that I already teach are um, a portion, a portion of that is this. So I'm just going to give you sort of the, the quick overview of the big parts that if you haven't done them yet are the things that I would suggest you do. The first thing is write down a list of every single thing that you have going on this year, whether it is a, um, and I think you should write it down, not just have it in your head because I'm always like thinking of 70% of the things and then going, oh yeah, and that, oh right, and that. In fact, there was something I thought of last night while I was wishing that I were asleep going, oh my gosh, that's not on my list. It's on my, my mental, of course, that's what I, one of the things that I'm going to do this year, but I hadn't actually written it down, which means that I hadn't planned, oh right, I won't even be in town for a week for my anniversary, <laughs> so I can't be planning on working. I can't be assuming that I have, you know, that week that I could get a work's work a week's worth of work done. 
Um, so I need to write it down on the schedule. Now, um, even if you're watching on YouTube, it is, it is too big of a uh, whiteboard and I would never be able to um, make it <laughs> show entirely on the screen. So I'm not going to try right now. And for everybody listening on audio, you can't hear it anyway. But this is what I've got. I've got on my whiteboard uh, 2020 planning with an underline. And then I just started d doing a brain dump. So the very first thing that I had thought about at that moment was that I plan on running the Copenhagen Half Marathon in September. So I wrote that down. I'm going to London Book Fair in March. Um, then I remembered that John always has to take so funny slash weird, but in Sweden and, um, and particularly in a lot of the com companies that you work for, uh, you have to take the majority of your vacation time in the summer, which means that John has to take three weeks of vacation in July, which is crazy and awesome. So I wrote that down because that means that for sure, we'll for sure go someplace for a week. We actually already have some tentative plans. Um, and at most, I think, we'll have a week where we're both just like, let's have a writing retreat here at home. Um, but I have to take into account that there's three weeks that are going to get quite possibly little or nothing done. Um, then I've got my Right Now Workshop Conference coming up in October. Woohoo! And you can be the first one to know it is definitely going to be the second weekend in October. And I've got so many exciting details to tell you, but I'll do that on uh, another episode. But you can look at the second weekend in October, Writers Conference, Melma, Sweden. Woo! And I'm also going to make a vacation destination package. So if you are thinking, you know what, if I went to Sweden and it was a vacation and a writer's conference, like I could write off part of it, I could do some research and I could just like see part of the world I maybe I haven't seen yet. So um, Wednesday and Thursday, I'll have a bunch of uh, like tourism events that I'll have pre-scheduled for you so that you don't have to think about it. And then the conference will be Friday, Saturday with a optional uh, bit that you can also add on that would be half a day on Sunday, which would probably go through lunch or an hour or two after lunch that will be more of the um, spiritual side of writing and planning and um, why are you a writer and um, encouraging you as a writer and that sort of thing. Okay, so I've got those four things down on my my basically brain dump list. And then I have uh, record videos for classes. Consider there's a couple more podcasts that I may or may not do or may do differently. There's some other people's books that I'm helping them do various things with their books. Um, and then there's a whole bunch of my own writing, which I was like, these are all the things that I'm interested in writing this year. Now I have to decide what I'm actually going to plan on writing this year. What's my strategy? What's my project management for what books come first and that sort of thing. Uh, classes that I'm teaching and classes that I'm in. <laughs> um, yes, not being organized will lead to something that happened to me yesterday watching this great um, webinar with Tim Grawl and uh, he's um, he does book marketing he's also an author himself uh, first first he was a book marketer and now he's an author as well and I'm um, watching this webinar going oh this looks like a great program author platform 101 this looks great that looks great oh my gosh this is great information I wonder you know like can I can I remember all the stuff that he's teaching and just go try to do it by myself or am I going to look into buying it and then he gets to the end he's really talking more about the program you know a lot of webinars they teach you stuff all free information good information that you can go apply but then they tell you about their class where they're going to you know teach you even more <laughs> and I'm going wait do 
do I already own this program? Short version, sure enough, yes, I did. <laughs> I hadn't started it because things happened and then I got a job and I forgot that I had bought this program. So one of my 2020 goals is to actually go through many of the classes that I've already paid for and not finished or not even started. <laughs> so as you can see, lots of things that you might be writing down. Then there's things like birthdays, anniversaries. Is there any um, big number thing that, that is going to be an event, not just a day or an evening or a weekend? Um, is there any children's birthday parties that you're knowing that you're going to plan for? Are there any weddings? You know, all of these things usually take more time than we actually plan to give them. So then I also ask myself, how much time do I think I should actually, like if the wedding is one day and I'm not a member of the family and I'm not a close friend, I'm not a bridesmaid, I'm not helping out, I'm not helping planning, I'm not helping clean up, then I can pretty much say, all right, it's one day just the day of the wedding. But if I fit into any of those other categories, you can be assured that wedding will take much more time. <laughs> so do you have anything like that coming up? Keep in mind that uh, if you go to a conference, there's travel time. Before travel time, there's packing and unpacking time. And depending on how long you've been gone and which time zone that you're in, you might need to give yourself some grace for jet lag. <laughs> So these are all the things that I want you to write down on a piece of paper or a whiteboard or whatever. Now you can start kind of organizing them, prioritizing them. So for instance, I am absolutely definitely writing the next book in the Strays of Loon Lake series. Yay! So if you've read Welcome to Loon Lake, the short story, or Love at the Fluff and Fold, arguably the best book I've put out so far, which is a sweet romance, I am now writing the second book in that series. Um, Welcome to Loon Lake was a short story, so it's like a prequel thing. Um, and, and that will be definitely the next book that I'm writing. But I also have some nonfiction that I want to do. I want to do the book version of this time management class, especially because I want to get in some of this burnout stuff and some of this habit stuff and things that I'm not sure that other people are talking about. Uh, and definitely things that I want to encourage people with, um, especially writers, of course, it'll be mostly for writers. So I have to organize and decide, you know, what's the order I'm going to do everything. Then the next thing you want to do is look at a year calendar. And you can print one out at timeanddate.com. You can just print out a one page letter size or A4 size paper that has the entire year on it. And then what I do is I X out all the days that I know I'm not working. So for instance, January 1st, for sure not working because that's the day that John and I always do a big movie trilogy, like sit on the couch after having been out watching fireworks the night before. This year it was Lord of the Rings again for at least the third time. That's like 11 or 12 hours. Definitely have no time. <laughs> I never planned to, to work on January 1st anyway. Um, I X out um, my birthday so that I have the opportunity to take it off if I want. I X out my anniversary, but this year, wait for it, it's our 30th wedding anniversary. Can you believe I've done anything for 30 years? But I have managed to stay married to the same person and stay in love. I feel very blessed, very lucky. And by the way, it was a lot of hard work too. Um, <laughs> so we are, because he got in a motorcycle accident right before our 25th anniversary. So even though that's kind of traditionally the time that you would have a big party or go on a big trip or whatever, we're doing it on our 30th because 
yeah, we couldn't do it then. <laughs> um, so we are planning a party and then we are also planning on being away for a week. So the party is not only going to take that day, but it's also going to take some amount of planning beforehand. It's going to take some amount of shopping beforehand. Um, probably more than I think, but I'm going to have some people help me. And I love organizing this sort of thing with Excel. So I'll probably do that. All these things take, take time. If things go really well, I will only be doing it evenings and weekends, not taking part of my work time. But I need to make sure that I'm not thinking to myself, oh yeah, I could also write every Saturday. Uh, not if you're planning a writer's conference and planning an anniversary trip and doing other things. Okay, you see what I'm saying? So X out all the days that you already know are not going to work for you. I have been trying to X out the last two weeks of December every year because I feel like I, in general, um, work hard and often work too hard uh, and really need that break. I find that writers and entrepreneurs in general don't take enough time off, um, not enough good, restful, peaceful time off. Arguably, Christmas is not the most stressful <laughs> or peaceful time, but I like Christmas. I really do. I like seeing all my friends and doing things and baking. I love baking. Um, and I like having time so that it's not stressful. It's just nice. And that's part of the reason why I uh, take off those two weeks. Um, yeah, so then... And this is all like uh, top of mind stuff. So you will probably come and add in more things later, more things on your list of, oh, I totally forgot. Of course, you know, it's this other thing is happening or this other conference. I already signed up for it, in fact, so I know I'm going to it and I just forgot to write it down. And you might go over these two things, the list and crossing days off uh, a couple more times. So that would be the big first step. Then the next step, and then I'm going to stop talking and just let you get some of this stuff done. The next thing then is to look at the amount of time that you can spend writing and doing writing business. Maybe try to break it down in your mind. Like, am, am I going to do marketing stuff, social media stuff every day? Or am I going to just do it all on Friday or all on the weekend? Or I'm going to do it all on Thursday night. Or am I going to use a scheduler and schedule my tweets and Facebook posts and Instagram posts and that sort of thing? Am I going to write all of my blogs? Like how often am I going to blog? Am I going to write them on the day that I plan on posting them? Or am I going to try to write like a month's worth and then pre-schedule them? So one day all I do, or maybe two days, all I do is write a whole bunch of blogs for the month and then schedule them for the month and then I'm done. Now I don't have to think about it again until next month. If so, you can make that like a part of your system. You know, so the first Monday and Tuesday of the month, maybe that's what you're doing. I'm just making up things as far as the schedule. Um, but just to give you an idea, so, for instance, one of the things that Tim talked about in his Author Platform 101 webinar was, for instance, you could send out two newsletters to your readers uh, every month. Um, and then he was saying that people always ask, you know, when exactly and not only what day, but what time of the day is the best time. So um, 
if I am paraphrasing him correctly, he said, to some degree, it's arbitrary. He's done a lot of research. There's not a huge amount of difference. So just to give people something where they can be like, okay, this is my schedule. He's like, this is what I want you to do. The second Tuesday of the month, send out an email saying, I just did a blog post with a uh, book review of a book in my genre. Uh, and I think that you might really like it. And then the fourth Tuesday of the month, so that's how the every other week thing works, you know, the first and third or second and fourth, whatever, you send out an email that's your author update. This way you're getting two emails out instead of one every month, but it's not like, oh, what could I possibly think of to say that's not buy my book? Have you bought my book? Because that's um, not useful and embarrassing. <laughs> um, so see, he, he gave a system. So now I can either do that system on those two weeks or I could find a day that I decide to do the entire thing and then just schedule those two newsletters to go out. See, it just depends on how your brain works. Remember, I was just saying that my writing brain likes to just know that it's got the whole day and it doesn't have to like hurry up and turn on right this second because you've got 34 minutes left. Um, it's quite happy to just know that I can do all the writing. So who knows, maybe, maybe I will find that doing two days of five hours of novel writing, which is usually my limit um, when it comes to my brain being actually able to think up constantly, you know, brand new things, creative things, then maybe the last couple of hours of the day will be these newsletter writing, blog writing, um, what was something else I was just thinking. I might be able to work on my nonfiction book. Uh, it's just, you know, it engages a different part of my brain. So I may try that. <clears throat> so you see what I might do is schedule all of my writing in blocks. And then I'll break up those blocks into, into pieces. For you, it might be something totally different. Um, what you're looking at is just what is the system that you want to attempt. And then give it a week, a month, see whether or not uh, it's working. If it's um, working and you just want to tweak it, remember now you can start thinking, how can I be 1% better? It may be that your system mostly works, but you're like, mm, I, I wish I could fill in the blank, do something better. Um, then you can start looking at little bits of continuous improvement. Or you might be thinking the system isn't working. So for instance, my, my grand idea for starting every single wonderful thing for the new year on the first day of my, of my the first working day of the year, yeah, that, that turned out to be just a really silly idea. Looking back, I'm like, why did I think that could work? Um, so going to the gym for two hours for the first time in I don't even want to tell you. Um, it's not that I don't go to the gym, but I can't tell you the last time I was at the gym for two hours. Uh, and then also starting a brand new book. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> that obviously wasn't going to work for me. So look at your schedule the same way. So now um, look at whether or not you want to consider how much time do you have and how much can you comfortably get done in that time. And then you can plan forward in that way. Does that make sense? So it looks like I'm going to end up with 110 um, writing hours over the next six months. And sometimes I'll only plan, I'll plan in general over the course of a year, but then I'll only plan like very, very specifically over the course of about 90 days, three months or so. And in fact, that planner that I talked to you about a few times, um, the um, My Brilliant Writing Planner by Susan, Susan May Warren, 
who was on talking about it. Um, and you can just Google My Brilliant Writing Planner to find out more about it. <clears throat> it actually has pages in it that's set up to um, plan out 90 days of work. Or, yeah, 90 days of work, uh, writing and whatever. So that's the way my brain works. So I'm definitely going to do that. But I still need to have in general what I think I'm going to get done in a year. But during those 90 days, then I can start changing processes. Also, think about um, what changes during the course of the year. You may find, let me, let me give it to you as, as my example. I'm going to have more writing time for the next probably four to five months than I will for the next five months after that. Because as I get closer to the half marathon, I'll have to spend more time running. Yay! I really do like it, obviously, or I wouldn't have signed up. But um, it's the amount of time that takes that sometimes I'm like, well, why am I doing this? But because I know that, then I've thought to myself, all right, I need to get a lot of writing done in the first five months of the year. Also, the Writers' Conference. It's going to require a ton of work. I'm very excited. A ton of planning. I love planning. Um, I've got several friends helping me. It's going to be a great time, very fun. But uh, as we get closer to the conference, there will be sections of time when I'll have to spend most of my time on the conference and very little time writing. Right this second, there are some things that need to be done, but it's not like days worth of stuff, you know, like all day for days in a row. So look at your schedule. You may find that, for instance, if you have kids at home during the summer, um, depending on your schedule, that might be a worse time for you to get things done because you're doing things with your kids. Or it might be a better time to get things done. Or it might have a little bit of both because um, kids are going to camps or different activities where they'll be gone three or four or five days in a row or something like that. But it also might be the time that you have family vacation, which you may decide means 100% focus on family. I'm kind of a, a, a pro focus on what you're doing in the moment kind of person. Other people are very happy to be like, this is our free time. So you can swim, you can read, I'm going to write. It's also awesome. I, I actually love that part too. So when you start thinking about how best you work within the system of life that you have right now and how that changes sometimes over the course of the year, you know, summer might be different from winter. Uh, as you get close to uh, November and December in the United States, it's just a whirlwind of activity and cooking and um, seeing people and family get togethers and whew. It's a lot of stuff going on uh, for the last well, six weeks, at least, of the year, if you're in the U.S. And depending on whether or not you even, you know, do Thanksgiving and Christmas, because not everybody does. So now you have written down your list of all the things you can think of that are going on and things that you want to get accomplished. You've crossed out all the days on the calendar when you're like, I know for sure that I can't write it that day. And I strongly encourage you to make sure that there's at least one day crossed out each week because I, find, I think that we all need a break. Not everybody's brain requires a break in the same way. I do believe that we all need a rest period. Um, and maybe your rest period is on Sundays you'll only write for two hours and you take the rest of the day off and do nothing or go play or whatever. Um, but for me, I think that, um, 
it works pretty well for me to just choose that unless something comes up that, oh my gosh, this absolutely has to be done. There's a deadline and, and I don't make a habit of waiting till the last minute and having deadlines coming up. I pretty much cross off every single Sunday just so that I can make sure that I'm having a day of rest every week. Um, hopefully, preferably to relax, to feel like, you know, I've gotten to play at whatever play is for me. Um, and to just feel rested and ready to start the, the work day again. Um, sometimes I spend an awful lot of time doing volunteer work and stuff at church, in which case sometimes I'll switch it and I'll be like, okay, well, Sunday isn't really a rest day sometimes, so Saturday I'm going to rest. But that means that for the most part, I've just made the whole weekend sort of unavailable for writing and work. But since I am now home every day with this being, you know, what I do, then I am not terribly against only working five days a week on it. So what are you thinking about doing? How much time do you have? Um, what can you plan around? What are places where you can be flexible? What are things that are inflexible? Maybe you've already made a plan for what week your family vacation is on. Uh, is somebody coming to visit you? You can probably still get some writing done. Um, but you will have to consider, you know, how flexible do you need to be depending on who the visitor is. I have um, plenty of um, friends who come to visit. Well, I mean, over, over the period of time of my life, I have had plenty of friends come to visit who are happy for me to, um, to need to do my writing for a couple hours in the morning before we go off and play. And there have been other times when for one reason or another, uh, because uh, yeah, I'll just leave it at that because one reason or the other, I just decided to take off the whole time that they were here because it was just easier and or more fun. So once you have all of this kind of laid out, then you can kind of begin to go, oh, I don't really have 365 days. No wonder I feel like I don't get as much done as I planned. If you plan on 365 days, I'm sorry, no matter who you are, you are not going to be able to get it done. There is no way that you could, I'm not saying there's no way that you can work 365 days. I'm just saying there's no way that you can work all day 365 days. Uh, certainly not for any length of time. Uh, and not without having um, some health possible issues. And I mean mental health, physical health, spiritual health. You know, your brain does need a break, a rest. Your body needs a rest. That's why I work out five days a week, not seven, because we know that your body needs rest in order to recover. Your brain needs rest in order to heal, recover, file everything in the right place so that you can remember it for later, um, and just to give you more energy when you start up again. So... As I mentioned, all of that was talking about planning forward. The other thing that you can do is plan backward, which is I have a book contract and or for whatever kind of deadline it is, I have a deadline. Maybe the deadline is uh, a tr traditional book contract deadline. Maybe it is your own self-published book deadline, publishing deadline. Maybe it is uh, a deadline where this is the window where your agent or sorry, your um editor is saying this is the window that I can give you to read therefore you need to be able to give me your your complete manuscript by the state because otherwise I'll have other clients in their windows and you know you snooze you lose <laughs> you might have that kind of a deadline um, 
You might be going to a conference where you can pitch to an agent and you need to be able to pitch that you have a completed manuscript and that you have a synopsis and chapters ready to send if they say, yeah, that sounds great, send it. Um, lots of reasons why you might have some sort of deadline, in which case you need to plan backwards. Now that you've crossed out all the days on the calendar when you're like, yeah, that's probably not going to be a day that I can work, keeping in mind that there may be times where you cross out days and that whatever was the reason why you crossed out, turns out that you, you did have an hour to write or more. Um, so I always look at it as kind of buffer time. I don't, definitely don't want to plan on it in case it never happens and then I'm definitely def behind. But I like the idea of knowing that it's possible that even though I crossed off, you know, this whole period right here, that I might be able to sneak in 30 or 60 minutes of writing during some of these days. So... If you're planning backward from a deadline, you look to see how many days you actually have, how many days are not now crossed off. Then figure out what needs to be done before the deadline and divide it by the number of days or hours or whatever it is, however you find it easier to schedule things and say, okay, this is how much needs to be done per day or per writing hour or whatever it is in order to finish whatever your deadline is by the deadline. Does that make sense? So again, we can't be necessarily thinking, well, you know, my deadline is April 1st and therefore I have three months. Hmm, not really. Today is what I just say it was, January 9th. Oh my gosh, I can't believe it's January 9th already even. <laughs> um, so we're already nine days into the year. You don't have those nine days, so it's not really that you have three months. Um, plus, there's, you know, working, eating, sleeping, showering, exercising, family time. How much actual time do you have to, let's just say that you're writing. You're writing, you have a writing deadline for April 1st. Also, if you're me, oh, wait, I'm also going to London Book Fair. That'll be a week. So there's another week that's not part of, you know, I don't have three months. You see what I'm saying? So it's important whether you're doing forward planning or backward planning to consider the days that you actually can't be, probably can't be writing, probably won't be writing. And if it does happen, you can be like, woohoo, bonus, and consider it part of the buffer time. Because I don't see any reason why, I know it will happen, but I don't see any reason not to plan things so that within your realm of control, there's no reason not to be able to plan things in a way that you are living a moderately peaceful, comfortable life. Sometimes working harder than others, sometimes working more hours than others, but not the kind of life where you are consistently not getting enough rest, not getting enough, you know, solid sleep, not getting enough walks or exercise of some kind, not getting away from your computer enough. Um, because the only way is just to power through for months and months and months and months and months. Um, just uh, take it as someone who got sick. It's not, it's not a good way to go. Let's not do that. Don't plan that way. <laughs> All right. I hope this is giving you some ideas about how you can look at the schedule for this year. You still have plenty of time. I mean, time is sort of a made-up way that we just, you know, use to differentiate um, the space that we live in, right? So uh, even though I just said, oh, you don't really have three months, um, on the other hand, you have 
we all have the same amount of time. Yes, everybody, everybody says that. Um, but if you don't hit a deadline, there are very few things in the world that are actually going to completely fall apart um, if we are a couple of days or a week later. Um, I also give myself uh, the possibility of 12 six days, sick days a year. That's only one day a month. Now, I don't really get sick, but um, two months ago, I was sick for five and a half weeks. I couldn't do much of anything. Uh, it was horrible. <laughs> it was really horrible. I've never been sick that long, and it's been a long time since I've been sick in general, uh, you know, except for the burnout, in which case it was sort of like 24, 365. But um, so you can give yourself an idea of how many days last year were you sick or you had to take care of someone else who was sick. Um, now you may say, well, I was sick for three days total where I was just like a vegetable, unable to work. Um, but my kids were sick for all together for all the kids. It was 10 days, but maybe during those 10 days, um, you probably were able to get one or two hours of writing and or work done, maybe three or four, um, while the child was sleeping, watching TV or whatever. Um, so you could be like, well, so that's like three days for me plus 10, but let's say that I was able to work about a quarter of those days. So let's just call that seven. So we'll call that 10 days total. You see what I'm saying? Um, so also plan around, um, plan around the things that you can't plan around. Uh, give yourself room in your calendar for, um, for the unexpected. Last week, um, or actually I think it was just on Sunday, the episode was on adding white space to your life. So episode 173, the, the one right before this one, if you're looking at your podcast app, if you didn't listen to that one yet, give that one a listen. Adding white space to your life will ask also give you a um, greater sense of peace. Uh, just feeling like there's room, there's room to move. So Altogether, if you take all these things and think them through and write them down, I think that it's going to help you to have a fair plan, even without, you know, the details. I go into an awful lot of details in my class, um, particularly details for people who like details, but I also try to have a lot of, um, like if you're a seat of the pants, uh, if, you, if you don't like to plan exactly, I also try to give tips on how you can keep making progress and improve over last year, even if you're not a planner. Though, um, though, at least this amount of just figuring out how much time you really have, what needs to be done, and then prioritizing it, um, and prioritize writing down everything, your personal life. You know, like I have the the Copenhagen half marathon on there, and my uh, writing anniversary. Uh, sorry, wedding <laughs> wedding anniversary. Um, and then also remember to put down the things that are just daily things that you always do that maybe you just forgot to write down. Like, I'm pretty sure I didn't even put down my podcast, which takes me like uh, 10 hours a week or something. So, all right. What do you think? Is that helpful? Maybe a different way of looking at things than uh, some of the other podcasts and articles and stuff that you've been reading, or at least adding some more things to think about. So improve 1% develop a trigger that gets you to do the habits that you want to create in your life, including the sitting down regularly, whatever regularly is for you for writing. Um, oh, I love that constant improvement thing. I just got that in my head now <coughs> uh, to the point where I'm like, what was the other thing? 1% <laughs> uh, improvement systems, 
uh, systems and processes that help things to just kind of go smoothly, uh, including having the trigger. And then uh, writing down everything that you hope to accomplish this year, then prioritizing it, then printing out a one-year calendar, maybe from timeanddate.com, and crossing off all the days that you're like, well, no, I'll be on vacation here, I'll be at a conference there, I'm going to take off, you know, one day a week for sure, or whatever, and then see how many days are actually left. Then look at your list and figure out uh, how much time do I think that these projects will take, uh, from exercise down through writing and, you know, publishing, if you're a self-publisher, marketing, um, and uh, see marketing. That's another thing I didn't put on my list because it's just part of my, in my head, it's a part of the everyday things that you have to do. Um, and then seeing how much of that you think you can really get done in a year and particularly plan out the next three months. And then, you know, mid-March, uh, start looking at planning now, April, May, June, and then mid-June, start looking at planning out July, August, September, etc. Um, so that you'll have a better idea of maybe something took longer or some book like just flew out. And you're like, that was the best writing experience ever. It was the fastest I've ever written a book. Well, then you might be able to be like, oh, okay, I have extra time now because that book went so fast. Or, okay, <laughs> that book took me two weeks longer than I thought it would. Now I'm two weeks behind in some of these other things. Don't look at it as behind. Just look at it as something that in the next quarter, I will rearrange things so that now I'll have new uh, deadlines, for lack of a better way to say it, um, so that I can once again feel like, okay, that's all right, because now I'm going to meet you know, these deadlines and get these projects accomplished in these next three months. And then you can make changes and stuff again as you get to the next three and then, and then the last three months of the year. I want us both to be enjoying our work and our life all together, to have more peace, to get a lot done, but to be really happy and excited and peaceful about it. So I hope that that was helpful. I will probably do one more of these in the future, and I'll let you know when the um, time management class opens again. It's called Going the Distance, so and it's part of Right Now Workshop. So I will let you know when that um comes open. And in the meantime, think about what you could do to do things 1% better today. That's what I'm going to be thinking about. I'm very excited. Um, yeah, <laughs> right now my 1% better is going to get my office probably 15 or 20% better. So yay me. <laughs> All right. Happy January. And we will talk to you again next week. Mm -hmm.